Welcome to another episode of Bench Talk. I'm your host, Tom Gerrard. Uh, this week, I'm sitting down with Buff Dis. How you going? Good, thanks, mate. Good to be on the show. Ah, thanks. Thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down and have a chat. Like, you're a uh, quite a unique artist, for me, anyway. Like, I haven't... Um, when I first came across your art, I hadn't seen anyone doing stuff like you. No, cheers. So, like, um, when people ask what type of art do you do, like, mm. how do you normally respond? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit tricky because... I, I, the medium that I use is tape and mm. then that's sort of the novel factor I think but when I try and describe what I do it's sort of hard to explain I guess the aesthetic or easier to say that yeah I draw with tape and then show the art because just I guess you know verbally it's really hard to de- define it but I mean still can't do it as you can hear it's interesting because with because you're drawing with tape, I've seen you do some really interesting stuff with the tape. That it's um, yeah, you can you know you obviously draw with straight lines a lot, mm. but then I've seen you do like patterns with like we bend the tape into curves and. But um, but how did you uh like first get into sort of working with tape? Because a lot of people wouldn't think to go, oh, I'm gonna create artwork out of tape. Yeah, no, I, I didn't know that. Like the it was funny. I was gonna paint a um a laneway in Melbourne for. A, a festival and then they um, said oh look you can't use any spray you don't have permission and then um, I, was, I was freaking out because I really wanted just a small bit of cash like I think it was like 50 bucks or something but it broke and then I was trying to work out how I'm going to do this artwork without paint and I had um, an idea to get the tape and chalk and use chalk to get the actual colours and so on in and then I put the design on this on the ground and on the wall in the tape and then just realized that was the artwork itself yeah and it was it was really fun it just became it was really natural because you like just using a spray gun you know you don't you you sort of you don't touch the wall at all you don't touch anything and i think that's the difference with drawing you know you've got that tactile interaction and with the tape it was like oh it actually just felt like i really was just sketching out like the sketch or like the lineup and then it was just yeah felt really natural i remember the um the first piece of yours I saw was in the city. It was in a, la- in a laneway in the city at the top end near Exhibition Street and you'd done like a big hand on the ground out of tape. I think oh, it was for yeah. an exhibition or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I remember saying to my friend, it's like, oh, who the hell did that? It's awesome. And he's like, oh, it's this guy buffed this. And that's when I first saw your art and then it started seeing it all over the place. Yeah. Well, it's funny with the hands. It, it wasn't... The hands just... Uh, literally, it was the first one of the first things I ever did in that that first time I used tape because I was trying to work out what to do and did all this line work stuff and then I was looking at my hands and then, oh, okay, I'll just look at my hand and then do the hand and then realised that, you know, with a hand on the... doing a... taping a hand on the ground but a handmade hand was just, like, a, I thought it was just fun and then just started to sort of poke things and then, you know, realised that that was just it came really naturally but it was just fun to play with architecture in that sort of figurative way mm. yeah so that was yeah, that was just the first thing that just i did and it just came really naturally yeah and when um like as you you know you've made a living off your artwork mm. like uh, like how do you go about um like selling work but it's made out of, uh, made of tape like say someone says i want you to do a mural for me yeah and it's so it's, it's not you know it's not going to last long because it's only tape and it, yeah. eventually it'll get weathered and worn and fall off the wall. So yeah. how, how do you go about doing like 
doing paid jobs? Well, I'm still working it out because I, I don't do canvases and I just haven't felt comfortable doing that yet. So I've had to sort of find a way to make a living off it without having permanent work. But now that I've used tape long enough and when I moved to Berlin and met this tape crew that were just people that sold tape and like the amount of the variance in tape is just amazing because I just go to Bunnings and get the cheaper stuff or office works and then when I met these guys there's just so much variance in tape and you can actually have permanent tape and uh, even the cheap stuff if you put it on a window and you get enough UV it's not coming off after a week it's worse than paint just gets cooked on yeah even there's some pieces that are still standing and they're like I think they're like seven years old now. But, yeah, so I don't know. The living side of it's a funny one because I, I actually prefer works that don't last that long. I, feel, I enjoy the actual process and making a piece and then knowing that it's not going to last. It's sort of, yeah, then it's just a game of convincing other people it's worth it. Yeah. Like, even with, like, um, like say, gallery pieces or anything like that, like, have you ever thought of, like, maybe doing... um. Like getting two pieces of glass or perspex and, yeah. then, and then doing a piece in between the two. Yeah, I have actually, yeah. Them. Actually, yeah, one of the things that um, I found when I, was, I had all these like, different ideas and then just was didn't, too lazy to actually do it. But in Berlin, there's I used to find all these old um, windows that were just left on the street and they're double glazed because of the winter. And so I'd tape on one side and the other and you get this great little shadow effect when you hang it on the wall. Mm. So I've done one of them. And then I sort of started to question, uh, you know, is this a canvas practice that I want to do? And I wasn't sure about my art itself at the time. So I didn't pursue it any further. Yeah. But, yeah, I really like that idea of sort of... Well, now I'm sort of really starting to think more about how to make more permanent work. But a lot of that's actually... The way I'm leaning now is... Because I'm a bit sick of black and white. Mm. Even though I've loved... It's been great so far. But I sort of feel like I'm really excited to get back into colour. And using tape still to keep my aesthetic, mm-hmm. but getting paint back in, back in the mix. Yeah, because there's different coloured tape as well, so you could do like different coloured. Uh... It's pretty varied. I mean, I've got a bit of a. It's just my own sort of hang up is that I feel like the tape itself. Like there's a, people that do it amazingly, and they sort of get different, you know, a gradient of colours, and then they can layer it on top, and then it becomes. But for me, it's almost like painting itself. It's sort of just a really long long-winded way around to actually paint something yeah whereas with the tape i think it's sort of if it can just be more true to the actual medium itself then it's a more honest artwork mm. have you ever like um done some artwork on a wall with tape and then painted over the whole thing then peeled the tape off so it's like yeah it's, got, it's more of a permanent yeah so like when I, if i'm catching up with mates that are like graffiti boys or whatever if i'm just doing something and everyone's painting then i'll do that and i'd had that was more just like a fun thing i didn't take it seriously and now i'm going oh hang on that's a why didn't i think about this before in terms of different layering and you know three different levels of color and then the the underlying patterns yeah so that's what i'm sort of looking forward to playing with this year yeah because after like looking at your art you seem like you've got you know you do like a broad variation of styles like you know, it's, it's it's almost like someone who can you can draw or paint whatever you want, but you do it all out of tape. So it's mm. it's like um, I don't know. I guess uh, thinking about execution, you could sort of think of so many ways to execute it as well. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, I think the, the 
The funny thing with it is that I didn't know anyone else that was doing it when I started it. Mm. So I sort of felt this like absolute freedom just to go and muck around and make it up. And now sort of now that a lot more people are using it, I'm realizing, oh shit, there's so many different ways I didn't think it could be used or hadn't thought of. And now I sort of feel like, okay, there's certain techniques or different styles that I feel comfortable that actually communicate what I'm wanting to say or how I'm feeling. And that's just from almost happenstance, just trying different things out and some things work, some things don't. But I guess the difference is, say for instance, with your, you know, your work where you've got materials that have got a huge legacy and then it's, you know, having to sort of master them. But then once you've mastered it by, you know, either imitating others or achieving that aesthetic that you're sort of wanting and then having to define yourself again, Mm -hmm. like pair that back and then actually just speak as truthfully as you can. Mm. It's a tricky one. I mean, how do you, yeah, I don't know, sort of. Yeah. It's just a tricky one where the novelty of the medium, I think, allowed me just to sort of come up with, try different styles. And I hadn't thought about actually having a particular style at all. Yeah, because had you seen people using tape before you started using tape? No, I was really embarrassed. Like, <laughs> I didn't even... I had a separate... had a silly graffiti name. I had a, had joke little names here and there. Mm. And then one of them was this buff disc just joke. And I had that as just a silly little thing on the side. And then I really... I didn't know what it was when I started it. And so I wasn't sure how to, like, define it. And so I didn't. I just sort of gave it this silly name that was just an little inside joke and then yeah then now that's what I have to talk <laughs> on podcast as but yeah yeah because yeah. I because I know that now there's um there's like a sort of tape art scene isn't there yeah yeah <laughs> I remember uh, like finding out about that and just going oh it's uh it's really interesting were you, were you one of the um were you one of the uh original like tape art I guess People, so. Like globally? <laughs> I guess so. I mean, I, it's funny. I mean, I didn't I didn't know anyone that was doing it sort of in in street art or graffiti. But when I after a few years of doing it, then I'd find out, oh, there's this like New Zealand couple that used it for like public murals for, you know, in the 70s or then you go to like Frank Stella and he used it in paintings and then and then so as, as much as I got off a high horse for a little bit, it came up pretty quick. And then I had this other thing where I was like, oh, great, you know, first guy to do like you know tape trains and, and then and then you see like taps and Moses have been smashing it for like <laughs> you know okay yeah but I mean now I'm sort of I'm I'm sort of interested to see how other people use it mm-hmm. for instance you know but not not as a medium in itself because there's such a short sort of history of it but like if you picked a piece of tape up like I'd be really interested to see how you utilize it mm. yeah because I've noticed even with um like fine art and stuff these days so many people use art uh, use tape in their artwork like um you know you know I mean just to mask off areas mm-hmm. and all that type of stuff it seems to be like every studio I go into there's always so much tape around like the blue tape that everyone uses to um, yeah, get mask areas line, off, yeah. get the crisp line and all that type of stuff. I, I even started using it for a bit, but I abandoned all that a while ago because I found it was um, it was conflicting with my line work. 
because yeah, I'd okay. have these perfect lines. Yeah. But then, but then I'd do all this area freehand, and then it's like, hang on, it just looks like I don't, I can't use a brush very well. Whereas yeah. if I did it all by hand, yeah, the areas that are messed up are just messed up, and it's just the look of it. And then, but if you put a taped, a perfectly taped off area next to it, it just doesn't work. I'm fascinated by that because I think. I think that's one of the reasons that I actually sort of started curving the tape mm. and not getting that precision because I found I was getting closer and closer to, you know, a vector. And even even the piece I'm working on today, they're sort of, they're saying, look, we really love your accuracy and so on, but we don't want it to look like a decal. And I noticed that yeah, like I have a personal sort of struggle with okay, well, wh- what is it that defines what separates art from graphic design? And when I think of graphic design, I think of all of that capacity within Illustrator and so on to have that perfect edge. And then what differentiates, uh, for instance, the screen print from a digital print? And is it the process? Is it the human interaction? And so one of the things I have sort of really sort of struggled with is, okay, making something aesthetically pleasing on a really graphic sort of front, but having that human aspect. Mm. And I'm I'm so, I mean, you're a graphic designer. In the past, in the past, right? (laughs) No, you're an artist now. And that's what I, that's, that's what I find really interesting. Like what's that, how do you, differentiate yeah you tell me mate <laughs> well as a graphic designer i was being told i was being given a brief yeah and having to um sort of put my style into it but be uh but answer to someone else's vision if you know mm-hmm. what i mean yeah Whereas as an artist it's uh the more i um, answer my own wishes visually mm. it's uh the more people say i'm being creative or whatever because if like it's funny because people like I, I, I try not to do many um, commissions mm. because I feel like I'm being a designer again. I feel like people have seen something they like from me and they want me to sort of reproduce that. Mm. Whereas if I um, you know, I just go out and paint whatever the hell I want, people would be like, oh, I like your new work. Yeah. You know, or if sometimes I don't like it. <laughs> but, um, but, but people keep telling me I'm, I'm very graphical with my artwork. And it's like, I, and I take that, I know they're not saying that it looks like it's done with vectors because it's very yeah. far from it, but yeah. I think it's more the fact that I've got a minimal color palette. And yeah, and you've got like great a, composition and... No, oh, thanks, mate. You know, that's right. But I like to use solid blocks of color. I yeah. think that's what it could be as well. Yeah. yeah. But I think it's also like a spatial awareness, you know, where you place things and how you use a space mm. is, you know, a lot of that, it's not so much that you're a designer in itself or an artist in itself but it, it's just that you know consideration of space I think is something that you develop either even if you've just got graffiti or if you've got an art training or whatever it is I think it's that's what I find you know actually quite interesting is seeing how sort of people with a graffiti background or a street art background sort of use a gallery mm. and or more impo- actually the thing I really enjoy is just seeing you know when you just abandon buildings mm. And like seeing how some people will use a room compared to others, and I don't know. I think there's just an a what would you say like an amazing creativity that's just standard within 
straight out of graffiti that you don't get in a more sort of formal sense. Yeah. But even saying that, it's hard to... Uh, everyone's sort of individually creative because I know that you, like, I've been with people and, um, you know, like sometimes you go, you, someone will have all the paint and they'll go give yeah. everyone the same colours. <laughs> but everyone will argue on if they're all going to do use the same colours on how they should be used. Yeah. And then... Um, like I, it's happened to me heaps of time. I've times I've been to meet up with people. I said, "Don't worry, I've got plenty of paint. I'll bring the paint for you." Mm. And I look at the paint and just go, "What the hell am I meant to do with this?" And yeah. It's like, "Oh no, that's your fills. There's the outline data." And they're like, "You're it's weird." Fu- <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because uh, one of the things, like, I really respect graffiti, and I think I see a lot more like power in a lot of graffiti pieces more so than I do in say contemporary art. Or, mm. but. I sort of feel there's this, there's that weird thing with graffiti where it's almost like a sport and there's a like, you know, there's levels to be achieved and, a, you know, ticking boxes here and there and then like, you know, you can compare each other on like numbers of, you know, whatever, but there's always that weird sort of little bunch of kids on the edge that are just doing a bit of weird stuff or like, mm. you know, that always sort of, oh, you know, why is Bones doing... You know, like, you wouldn't think to use this spot or to try something like this, and then... Yeah. I think that's always sort of felt like a little... little, you know, island for the misfits, kind of. Yeah. you got to have a keen eye and know your spot. Like, mm. you know, have an eye for spots and all that sort of stuff. And, mm. you know, instead of just going, oh, just... You know, it's like when there's this spot that hasn't been touched, but someone would do something there, and then suddenly everyone's like, oh, I didn't even see that as a spot. Didn't think it's about been, that, yeah. It's been there forever untouched. Out yeah. In the open. But, yeah. um... But I think it's weird that, um, you know, like that there's so many people doing it and they're painting for their activity that have absolutely no interest in the art world. Yeah. Like they don't care. And if you, if you try to make it in the art world, coming from that world, you, you're like, oh, you're an art fag and this yeah. and that. You sort of almost get banished. You know? Yeah. But, it's, yeah. Um, but, but they're painting. And yeah, it's, and there's so many different weird elements to it that um, I think that don't match the art world if you know what I mean yeah of there's, course there's the the whole egotistical side to it Lord and, of the um, Flies stuff yeah yeah and like you know there's wars and battles and people fighting and all this type of stuff mm. and that's because um, you know as an artist you pour your heart and soul into your paintings but then someone will come and just go straight over you and it's like sort of spitting in your face well that that will never happen in a studio situation you know what I mean yeah I mean I might, even, yeah, might so. happen in murals and stuff like that but in a studio and in the gallery and all that someone's not going to come and just like go straight over your canvas no they'll just have like little snide comments with a pin on one on the side no but it's funny though because I, I, when I go to like <laughs> stroking yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but it, it actually it's, it is it's a sort of a funny struggle I have where at sort of festivals or street art festivals and so on you can tell there's this you know there's the ones that are the old guard of sort of got that you know the old graffiti guard and then there's the new school sort of fun loving like yeah like pretty picture you know like street art crew and then it's I sort of you know I don't know which one's better or not but I sort of I kind of like that that gritty you know grumpy angry like edgy (laughs) angry little (laughs) side of graffiti where you know there's just, I don't know, I feel like a little bit more like, just, you know, you, you've got to just have this silly confidence. And especially when, what graffiti used to be, you know, just, it was all, it was either like, you know, I don't know, 80% violence and then 20% art, you know, and then, but having to sort of, 
have the balls to be able to like go and just play in that world but then to also like you know to keep doing it I've got an admiration for like just the activity itself mm. and then it's a different thing where you go okay well hang on is this is this more than just graffiti is it does it go to art like the Oshimios like mm. the twins it's like okay when their shit like came out on artcrimes.com or .org whatever it was just uh, blew me away like I just had to rethink graffiti like it's like when I saw that saber piece that you know in the river I was like same thing just mind blown mm. and then I was just those twins though that you know just they've got the graffiti game they've got the letter game so good but they're just just doing their own thing and I just yeah I don't know yeah I was, I was talking to talking about them to someone the other day and just saying how they've they've got it nailed because they're they're so true to who they are they're not trying to go, oh, I'm a fine artist now. So, I, like, like, because I've, I've been through a lot of transition with my art career over the last, I'd say, like, three years. Mm. Where I was very, you know, heavily in the graffiti scene for years. And then I've always been dabbling in art for, like, you know, like 15 years or something like that. Yeah. And always had one foot in that scene. But it was weird when I, I decided to really flick the switch and go hard on... Mm. on art really like focus all my energy towards building an art career for myself but then I sort of thought oh I don't want to be like look like a graffiti artist that does art and it's but then I realise and then I think about those guys and they are so pure to who they are and they're like they'll they'll go and paint amazing pieces and then have a no. big gallery show and then you know they're annoyingly like, good <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah but it made, it made me really, really think about it and go you know mm. just be yourself don't don't try to be go. Oh no, I'm a gallery guy now. Oh no, I'm yeah. a street guy. I'll just just have fun and and be creative. And I think that's like the mm. that you'll get more reward mm. and more success out of being yourself than trying to confine to what everyone else is doing. I think mean, I find that I think that's one of the funniest things about sort of graffiti or whatever you want to call it, the street art or modern stuff is that you know obviously you know, I feel like it, it attracted all the people that didn't fit in to like modern like you know sports and whatever the mm-hmm. traditional sort of roots are and then you know and then you get to this point where you're all sort of you know we're all individuals you know like you've got your own little name and then but then you build a crew and then you and, then, and it is that thing of like okay well yeah but how do, and then you get to a point well how do I actually define myself and do I define myself or do I you know keep it as a an entity known as a like a crew thing or like yeah I, I find it yeah, really interesting to work out how do you, where do you, where you define yourself artistically, and what does it take to sort of, yeah, to be happy enough with your own work that you can put it outside of graffiti or outside of sort of whatever label it is, mm. but then continually produce, and then measure it against others, and then have, yeah, I think it's just a constant go. Yeah. Well, my theory is, is to not measure it against others because you won't sleep at night. And uh, (laughs) because really, it's like who's the best in the world at anything? Or even if you get really good at at one thing, you'll look over someone that's doing something completely different and go, oh, maybe I should be doing more like that. Like, I think if you run your own race Mm. and uh, and be be true to yourself, that's, um, I'm totally, I mean, that's, yeah. I think think that's probably the reason that I would kept going with the tape and just enjoyed it because it, it, it... Oh, that's it, right. We're talking about tape, <laughs> aren't we? <laughs> I wasn't, no, I wasn't even pulling it back. I was just more just going like, it actually, that was what was nice about it is that mm. I didn't 
you know, just I couldn't be anyone else. Yeah. So anyway, getting back to you. Um, <laughs> so you like you did a stint in Berlin. Like, what made you move to Berlin, and how long were you there, and what happened? Like all yeah. that type of stuff. Well, moved there just sort of on a on a whim. We we're going to go to Spain or like Denmark, and then we just oh, there was a tape company in Berlin, the only like a tape store, and then wrote to them. They sent all this tape to Italy when I did a solo show there, and then wrote to them, say, hey, if I get to Berlin, could you hook us up? And they're like, yeah, come. And it's amazing. It's like uh, Kleberland. And these guys were just an amazing crew and hooked me up with, I didn't even know what tape was really before I got there. I just was whatever the cheapest stuff was. But uh, we're, we're, Sophie is my wife now. She got a graphic design job there. And it was probably one of the most amazing sort of four years, of four to five years of my life. Just, it was just the right place at the right time. And I think the, the thing I loved about it the most was that it's just such a sort of free place where you just, there's no pressure. To, you just, if, if you want to do something, just do it. And there's so many old buildings everywhere that you can just go and explore and you know, if you want to do something on your own, just go and do it on your own. Or if there's want to hang out with a big crew of people and do traditional stuff, you can do it. And it's just sort of all there, and it's cheap. Or what was cheap? I've heard it's got pretty expensive now. Yeah, but it was a bizarre place as well. Like when I got there, I remember I was beforehand. I was doing a lot, and not political, but just sort of like my art was more just what what I was angry about or thinking about or passionate about in a more sort of reactionary sense and when I got to Berlin I sort of I got confronted by how heavy the history is and but also sort of what a bizarre place Berlin is in itself and I actually sort of felt like I lost my voice to a degree like I didn't feel like I had a voice or I had enough confidence or the right to actually comment in such a sort of smart arsey sort of artist fashion that I sort of had to pare it back and I think that's actually where a lot of the graphic work started to develop and you know I, I think I felt a bit lost when I was there but now looking back I realise that it was such a definitive period mm. so what you mean that there was like so much uh, like important stuff being said and done that you felt that yours wasn't strong enough to sort of um, oh no 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 no, no, no. I just wanted to sort of... In Australia, like, I felt really comfortable about playing on, you know, all these... Any theme that was in the news, I was like, great, let's just have a crack. And, you know, when I was wanting to go against the Queen and the monarchy, like, whatever. Like, just felt, like, completely free to do that. Whereas when I got to Berlin, there was so much sort of stuff that was going on that I... I felt like it would just be flippant to do, like, a little response or like a little caricature like you know play with sort of figurative stuff and the more I got to know German history in a broader sense it really sort of started to affect me in a way that I felt like I needed I wasn't aware enough to really be to have a seat at the table in an artistic sense and that and in doing so it sort of forced me to go okay well what's something that's more universal or what what's something that doesn't have to be reactionary to the city I'm in in a political way what, what's something that I'm just responding to it graphically or artistically and yeah that was a big thing I think 
So now I, I feel like I'm at a stage where my current art is becoming more abstract in a graphic sense, but I'm starting to develop more of a, say, a, a voice within that than purely figurative, where I felt really comfortable at the start. Was it in Berlin that you, um, you started finding the, uh, the other tape scene? I, I, I think I struggle a bit with coming up with the tape and then sort of playing around and just on my own and having like a little private island. And then when I got to Berlin, I think it just became more popular. And now it heaps of, I mean, there are other people using tape. But I think it's interesting now, like, seeing how much more popular it's become. And I sort of, I still can't believe that there's, like, actually tape art as a movement. Or it still seems like this sort of thing that I had on my own for so long. And then now it's hard to, like, just sort of mentally shift from that sort of silly sense of ownership. And then, like... Is that what it's called, tape art? I, yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I went to a, I went to Berlin the other year with this crew that um, you know, they threw a, a great little group show of like different people using tape, and there was like an old Ukrainian guy that had been doing it for years, but more sort of painting on sort of on on uh, on sort of like light box kind of style, and um, but yeah, it's interesting because I think there's a limitation with the tape that forces a lot of similar aesthetic so that you've got a lot of line work, a lot of sort of negative space, a lot of that sort of, you know, strong geometry. Whereas, yeah, I'm sort of, I don't know, I'm sort of, it feels funny because I'm sort of moving away from tape being my definitive medium, but on the other hand, sort of still looking back and going like, mm-hmm. you know, is this the thing that I'm actually, you know, prefer and how I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Have you had a, um, a problem with like, you know, because you were doing it and then other people have sort of jumped on, have you had a problem with like people doing work that looks a lot like yours? Yeah, I mean, that, you know, it's hard to shed that little graffiti, you know, like stop biting, you know, like when you see, when you see exactly your piece, you like get this little silly, you know, you want to go and slash it and then like, well, what are you doing? But then, yeah. Like I mean, tape off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, well, one of the funny things is when you do do tape on the wall, you leave it there and someone comes and slashes it. Yeah. You peel it off and you've got a new modern abstract piece. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I mean, I'm, yeah, it's just, I think it is that ego thing of just going like, hang on, like, you know, why are you doing exactly what I, like so much close to what I've done before and then going, hang on, just get off your high horse and realize like, like it's just you know, just you've got to get over yourself, yeah, and enjoy it as a medium for everyone, and not just be like so you know defensive of like what you've done and I don't know. I mean, do you have the same thing when you see people like do stuff that's similar to you? Yeah, I've had it, and you know, people say, "Oh, um, imitation's the highest form of flattery and all that," and it's like, "Fuck that!" <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> they're biting me, you know. Yeah. But, but at the same time, I think I think it's up to you as an artist. If you're getting to the point where people are copying what you're doing, I think it's up to you to own that and let them look like, let everyone know that they're yeah. copying you. Yeah. Like, um, to an, you know, to an extent, like whereas if. You, well, you've got to be as prolific with it and put it out there and, and let it be known that that's your thing. And mm. then what ends up happening is they look bad and they look uneducated and everything like that. Mm. Whereas, um, you know, because I've, like, I've had it as well and mm. it's like, 
all right, well, I'm not going to say you can't do that because they, people can do whatever the hell they want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I believe, like in my heart of hearts, I go, all right, I've got a, I've got a really this idea that I've, I've just come out with and you've jumped on and, and started doing it as well. I've got to do this a hundred times as big and as in your face and let everyone see it. Yeah. And then I can move on to something else. But then everyone, when whenever that person does it again, everyone just be no, like, ah, oh, they're just copying that guy or whatever. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think secretly, like, that is sort of the same practice. <laughs> when I do, I do go, okay, you want to see something that's so close or so similar and you go, okay, like, thanks for the, you know, the compliment. Mm. And then you do go and do this, like, okay, but I need to get, like, further ahead. Yeah. And look, I mean, it's. Re- I mean, on the other on the other side, it's like it's really nice. Like, I get a lot of Instagram messages and so on. People tagging stuff as like tape art, but like, you know, they're using a lot. You know, in as an inspiration, a lot of the old works that I've done, and it's really, you know, it feels great. And it's it's actually, yeah, the opposite of like feeling like someone's like, you know, taking your stuff or biting it. It's actually, you know, like really encouraging to see that. There's also the flip side of where you can be inspired by something and not even realise that you're biting something. <laughs> yeah. Like, I've done it before and looked back at photos uh, and just gone, bloody hell. Like, what was I thinking, you know? Right. And I remember even... I, I was thinking about it today when I was coming in and I was like, oh, it's funny. Like, I saw, like, a, a Fibs tag mm. and I, that the loop he does on his pee. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking back to these old tags I used to do. And I was like, holy shit, I was just totally biting Fibs. Like, mm. even... But I wasn't aware of it. I totally had this, like... I'd gone from an R to like a P to a, and then I was just unintentionally like, okay. And then <laughs> even the older stuff, like with the old twist stuff, like Barry McGee, I was like, I mean, even used to write twist and I had like twist two. Cause if he saw it, he'd know that it was, <laughs> I was just coming after it. it was, uh, you know, funny stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got a friend who can, um, he's from Thailand and he can mimic like, any different like tag and stuff like that he's right oh. into it yeah and um and he uh he used to do like twist stickers and like all these famous graffiti writers he'll do he's a of business in it stick, stick them up <laughs> stick them up all over melbourne and stuff and everyone'd be like oh this guy's in town that guy's in town is it just my mate, my mate pat just going oh, no, just, <laughs> just having a laugh you, so you should have got into uh rats stencil rats then yeah. he would have had another career yeah but um that reminds me i met um jose parlor and he had the show, uh, remember there was that autopsy gallery in St Kilda? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, he had his show there and I met him and I was just, I, I was so blown away because I'd seen this documentary that a friend had sort of made the run-up or something like that. And, you know, he was talking about how he used to emulate all of the tags in his neighbourhood and like his older brother and just by doing that, it was how he learnt his own style. And then you see the stuff he does now and just that fluidity and the motion of line, but just that repetition and then just seeing that sort of layer into like, yeah, I remember just being amazed by that and going, oh yeah, why didn't I just study all them, like <laughs> everyone and then just like out of that, the you know, the Babylon of language, then just sort of define your own, but yeah. 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 It's funny because one of the, the SDM guys, like they were actually major inspiration for me. Like the older boys, Jungle and Discreet and so on and Trim and just in that era when they were sort of really sort of smashing Melbourne, like I think I looked up to them just as much as I would, you know, Howard Arkley or anyone like that because what I just, that artistry and, you know, I think 
you know, especially I remember seeing like Discrete's old sketchbooks, like when he was, he was doing that crazy sort of almost organic yeah. style. Of... We tease him about that. <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't have brought it up, huh? No, 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 no that no, stuff it's good. blew me away. No, no, it was amazing. It's just funny how he, he flicked a switch and just went, oh, I'm sick of spending so much time on all this stuff. <laughs> and he just went completely yeah. the opposite way and just went. I mean, I love his current stuff as well. Yeah. It's funny, like just that, I, but I was amazed. I think. I just that that blew me away and just seeing that like and I used to yeah I think I used to sort of like try and like copy the outlines in the sketchbook and then like work out how he sort of spilt the letters across and then would jumble like oh, how the fuck is he doing that like mm. you know and then then you know I think it, maybe there is that aspect where you know you're just you're taking on board like what people are doing and then trying to sort of understand it in your own way mm. you mentioned that you had a solo show in Rome uh, in Rome, Pisa, Italy. Pisa, Sorry, yeah, Italy. Italy, yeah. Um, like, have you uh, have you done much exhibiting? Not really. I just uh, mainly because I don't know how to do canvases. I have maybe avoided doing canvases. Sort of hadn't. It just don't. It hadn't felt comfortable because the scale that I was working on with the tape was, you know, where I felt comfortable was just so large that it was just, you know, unless it was a four meter by five meter canvas and it was just didn't feel right but the shows that I would do you know I enjoy like using the the walls of a gallery or that sort of stuff but this year I'm actually feel like I've gotten to a point with a star where I'm confident to translate it to canvas and a lot of it's sort of grown from this interest in sort of line work and compression of line work and how that sort of can imitate or map other aspects and so I'm really interested this year to sort of play on and using color finally like to play on sort of how maps of the physical world seem static at when you see it because it's a graphic representation of the modern world but or the actual world but then it's that static sort of imprint and interpretation of sort of data points and so on and then now I'm really excited to play with sort of climate change as canvas work that can emulate in a really sort of sort of in, in, in trapping it's a beautiful way like how can I make a beautiful piece of art that shows sort of the way that our understanding of borders and so on is going to change over the coming years but in a really sort of pretty way that looks great on first inspection and then on second thought starts to like play with that concept mm. so yeah so hopefully the yeah that's 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 the plan for this year but in the past I just thought I never actually felt comfortable in galleries I never mm. felt felt out of place yeah and you know the only ones that did feel comfortable were like the ones where it was you know the graffiti shows or whatever you know like even with your show back with um, Dabs and Marla, what was that? In Fitzroy? Oh, um, per square metre. Yeah, per square metre. And like, that that's where I felt comfortable. Like, okay, like, and then that was back then. But I think now I realise, okay, no, everyone that used to really look up to then is sort of everyone sort of still here. And the ones that are still making art, they're in the galleries. Like, you're in the galleries. And now it feels like, okay, well, we belong. As yeah. opposed to before, it was like, felt like unwelcome almost. Yeah. So do you um, uh, do you collaborate with many people at all? Yeah, I mean, 
it's sort of that's the one thing I find the biggest difference between say contemporary artists or like or traditional artists and then graffiti and street artists that, that when you meet up in a city you just go and paint a wall or you go to a spot and you collaborate it's sort of not a question it's just the way it works so I think recently I haven't done many collaborations that sort of been maybe a bit closed off in my own little sort of world of okay how am I going to progress my own art but I think it's sort of such a natural thing coming from graffiti it's just a conversation and you're not worried about the outcome you're not trying to sort of have some perfect little bow done at the end of it it's just more like maybe a few beers and a bit of fun but no I really enjoy it and it also like really forces you to rethink your art I think mm. when you're up when you're playing when you're, when you're putting a piece together and you're having a chat and then you see someone do something that's so unexpected then how does that work and how could that make my work look better and so on yeah because everyone's almost got like a, li a library of styles and subject matters and elements to their artwork and then it's like alright so I've got this library of styles you've got that library of styles how can we merge the two yeah, I, 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 yeah, it's and funny. Make it work. <laughs> yeah, make it work. That's the yeah. that's the funny one because I, I, so many guys like I know that are really see great work and you know you see sometimes they just dominate when it's a collab and it's just more like someone has the overall aesthetic, the other one's just like filling in. Hmm. And then it's that, but a really great collab is when you know it's actually like that balance meeting of minds and it's takes a bit more thought than just that. Yeah, cool. Let's just throw stuff up. Yeah. So do you have any uh, like future plans or projects in the works? Yeah. I mean, the plan this year is to really sort of actually try and develop a canvas process or practice. And then in terms of upcoming things I'm really looking forward to, there's like this old um, abandoned military base in uh, Taiwan that I'm really, really keen to get to. So I'm just trying to bring it forward a little bit and get out there in June. So that's the, the biggest one on, on the cards. Yeah. Um, you know it doesn't have to be canvas. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, well, what can it be? Maybe. People think, oh, I'm going to do some artwork for a, uh, for a gallery. All right, mm. canvas. It's like it doesn't have to be canvas. It can, there's so many different mediums you can work with to make, yeah. make artwork with, you know. No, I've been, I've been observing your outsourcing capacities with the woodwork shop downstairs. I think I might have to take some notes yeah <laughs> that's what I was thinking I was like I'm looking around I'm right now in my studio at the moment I'm looking around it's like I don't have any canvases in here yeah it's, uh, I got one over there but it's by Mysterious Al yeah that's no, a good one yeah it is Everyone, people keep coming in to have a look through my artwork and go oh, I like this one I was like yeah I didn't do that <laughs> <laughs> I know that I know that problem well yeah but I know for, for when I, I think about your art and I just I could, I could really imagine it wedged between two pieces of glass so I just think that's that's you down to a T because you get to really um, you know it's it's where you've come from and you're not switching it up just to yeah. make a work on a canvas it's like you're making a work of art that you can hang on a wall you know all right, I'm going to head off to Bunnings now. But that's just a thought. That's yeah, a cheers, thought. man. No, I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. Yeah. But um, so if people want to see your art, where's the best place for them to see it online? Uh, you know, like everyone, I've got a website that needs to be updated, just buffdisc.com. But, um, and I'm also sort of a bit slack on Instagram this, this year. <laughs> but Instagram, just at buffdisc. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, thanks for uh, taking the time to sit down. It was a, it was a good chat. No, man, it was really, really great to actually have a long chat with you. Yeah. Thanks for the, for the chat. No worries. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. To find out more about today's guest, go to benchtalkpodcast.com. There you'll find all previous episodes and images of the guest's artwork. Also, follow us on Instagram, bench underscore talk. There you can keep up to date with all things that are happening with the podcast. Bench Talk's also streaming on SoundCloud and Facebook. Just simply search for Bench Talk Podcast. Or you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. While you're there, don't forget to rate and review. It helps get the word out. And if you like the podcast, don't forget to tell a friend. Thanks again for tuning in and stay tuned for next week's episode. Bye.